What is up, everyone? Gate 7 International is back. Maybe not under the best of circumstances. There's a lot to talk about. It's going to be a really interesting show today. But we're here anyway. We're here to talk about anything you want to get off of your chest. And as always, I'm joined by my faithful co-hosts, Marcial and Costa. How are you boys feeling today? Besides that, I'm better than that. <laughs> Costa. Been better. Can't wait. It's going to be a good show. Subscribe, like, let's get going. Let's well, let's hit that before we get talking about everything. Don't forget to like and subscribe, guys, really quick. Uh, it takes about two seconds. Hit the like button. And if you don't already, give us a follow. Help us reach more red and white fans. There's a lot of great content that comes here, a lot of great content on social medias, and more is also coming. <laughs> And then don't forget, for a dollar a month, you can be part of our Patreon community. The WhatsApp group gets a little weird, but it gets a lot of fun. So we also do a lot of really fun things as well. Um, uh, for some of the higher tiers, you can have access to extra content. We do enhanced analyses. It's two extra, you at least two extra episodes a month that we give you. Enhanced analyses with data for a specific match that usually the Patreon community votes on in the WhatsApp group before we actually do it. That's really fun. We do fun interviews outside of the realm of Olympiacos, or at least the, the current the atmosphere at Olympiacos. We just did a great interview with Vespina Panagulias, the daughter of the legendary Arkis Panagulias, and it was a great interview. She talks a lot about the man behind the legend. Really fun stuff. If you want access to that content, check us out on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash gate7international. All of our Patreon content has Greek, Spanish, French, you name it. Whatever subtitles you want, we can put on it. So check it out. And don't forget to like and subscribe. So let's let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. Chad is already upset. Everyone's talking about things. Um, there's been a lot of chatter. Uh, I've seen a couple of Martinez out posts. I am not on board with that. Not this early on. Uh, look, the, the game was pretty bad, um, especially early on. I mean, four nothing going down for nothing is at home it, in a derby, especially for me. It's unacceptable. Uh, we're going to have bad performances here and there. This is not a one year rebuild. Is it a is it a setback? Yes, of course it is. A um, lot of pieces, a lot of things that kind of went wrong in this game. Um, but I think we are having a completely different conversation if Daniel Podence scores that pretty much open that opportunity he had. Um, I think that it's a completely different conversation we would be having. All in all, disappointing performance. Um, you know, Perozo, of course, maybe a step back considering he had been playing really well to get started, was really looking like maybe the solution at center back. He's young. He's going to have these kind of inconsistent performances. As upset as I am about the game, I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that it's just a dark spot in the season and it's not going to be a pattern of things to come, but that's just how I see it. Um, what were your early thoughts on the match? Marcial, you go first. It's very difficult to answer that because at some point of the game, it reminded me of almost every game we, we've playing against Luchescu Spauk because he knows exactly how to play against Olympiacos. It doesn't matter in which dynamic Olympiacos is. Every time we play Luchescu, he always like play 
uh, in the in how weaknesses uh, because when I saw the lineup of power I thought like there is no way we drop points against that team because the defense looked uh, I know you 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 are, you are going to say to say that Park's defense had good numbers and it's right but on paper and it's one of it's the 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 shittiest defense of all the big Greek clubs on paper just on paper if you take off Kodiarakis which is a very good prospect a part of that you have Satre, Ketsiora and Babaraman and apart from that Podense situation we did not have any any threatening situation until those two late goals and also that games at some point reminded me of Haifa under Martins uh, 4-0 at home it's uh it's I don't know like you know the, the atmosphere is quiet people starting leaving the the stadium it doesn't happen very often even with the with another club uh, you don't see a, a formula at home in a derby like that it will leave scars I'm sure of it unfortunately and that's why I'm concerned right now I'm, I'm not even mad I'm more concerned of of frustrated I don't know of the of those two Costa. <clears throat> Before I get into it, I want to, like the chat's really taking off, so I want to bring in some of the comments already just to get a sense of the feeling in the fan base. And we will touch on a lot of the points being raised. First foremost, Concept Calcio says, really thought we'd turn the corner and we're on the up after recent performances. True test of character now because all the goodwill from West Ham Dissipated tonight, says Concept Calcio. Uh, Manos G7 is really going at it in the chat. He says we need Labros back for a rage. Um, he also says zero mental uh, preparation for today's game. I think that's the gist of your comment, Manos. That's something that we've we've seen again against Balk. I think touches very much on what Marshall has been talking about whether it was Martins the last few years or whether it was right. Martinez tonight, how well were we prepared mentally? Not well enough. Uh, we'll get into that more throughout the show. Um, Dimitrov says, team's not ready yet, especially for this kind of match. Unfortunately, we should give more time to the coach and the players and we should expect more matches to go down like this one. Vasilis Amarandidi says, very disappointing performance. Yorgos Murdano says Martinez mistakes were the subs after 2-0. He could have opted for Ortega rather than El Cabi, but that's okay. It's more on the players for me and Alexandrobos and Perozo nowhere near the level that they had shown. Uh, Manos again says the team has a ceiling, but today's game was something else. Uh, dark day in our history. Amavrosi uh, says Manos don't know how to put it. Um, Banos is asking for a show to happen in Greek one night. Uh, I want to say a big respect to all the fans in Greece that aren't native English speakers that actually tune into this. Um, massive respect to you guys. Thank you for supporting us. This this channel, again, is an English channel that aims to reach out to Olympiakos fans around the world. That's why we do it in English. Um, we'll take that comment into account. However, um, some shows we have done in Greek, some interviews, um, Thank you for, for following us, Bano. Okay, um, now I want to get to some of my thoughts. 
Before I say anything about us, I want to do something that will probably be very unpopular with the with the fan base or some of the fan base. Congratulations, Bulk. First and foremost, because that's what sport's about. It's about respect. And they scored four goals against us tonight in our own house. Um, so, you know, credit where credit's due. They were clinical in front of goal. They had five shots on target. They scored four goals. Um, you know, and respect to Luchescu too. And I make a prediction on this show tonight. One day he's going to be only be our ghost coach. There, I said it. What's the date? 5th of November, 2023. This is the team in the league that nobody is expecting. It reminds me so much of Ajax last season. They just did their thing during preseason. Nobody was really talking about them. They made minimal moves in the transfer window compared to us. And it's, yeah, it's not right perhaps to compare us with them, but you'll see that there are certain elements about how we built our team this summer that are relevant because they decided consciously to rely on youth, Kulierakis, uh, Costa Delias, mm -hmm. and they've built a team with the players that they have. We spent a lot of money this summer. Again, not as much as last season, but we spent a lot of money. Has all, was all that money worth it? That's a discussion that we're going to have tonight. Tonight's result is horrific. No doubt about it. But no reason to panic. Why? This is the same team that beat West Ham. When we beat West Ham, we didn't become a super team over, like overnight. The same tonight, losing to Pauk doesn't mean we're shit. All of a sudden. We've been saying it since before the season kicked off. This is a transition from last year's disaster is going to take time, two years minimum, two years minimum to build something new. This team reminds me in many ways of Martins's first season. Very good up front, competent, but all the, all the best teams, they're built from the back. They're built from the back. And that's where we have massive, massive issues. That's where we were exposed tonight. Um, the roster has been exposed tonight, essentially. And I think that's the major, the major point for me tonight is the roster's frailties were finally exposed. For me, it was a long time coming. I felt like there, there have been some key moments in this season where we where where we needed the luck, whether it was the Ghent, uh, the Henk game away from home, for example. Tonight, I feel like the the it's, it's come back to, to roost, yeah? The problems that we have at the back and some of the poor poor decisions we've made in terms of recruitment. I'll stop there. Well, Costa, you, you touch on a few things. And um, I think it's kind of important. There's been a lot of talking points that have already kind of started to erupt out of here. So I think it's important that we just kind of address things um, a little bit as we go. Uh, but before we do that, I, I wanted to bring up this comment from our good friend, Lakis Gavalas. Off days like today are normal for a team that's being rebuilt. The most worrying 
thing is that the roster has blatant faults and the best fit, the best player is Fortunis in 2023. Now I will say, I think this is probably the most positive or least negative comment Lucky's Cavalas has had since we've done this show. Um, I, I expected a much more scathing review than that. So I think there's some positivity leaking into our good friend Lockies here. But um, anyway, uh, I wanted to touch on a couple of specifics. Um, I know we usually kind of talk more tactics and stuff, general tactics, how we saw things in the beginning. But I want to talk about a couple of things. And the first thing was, you brought it up briefly, Gostan, it's been brought up in the comments. Was the exclusion of, of Ortega a mistake in this game? We brought up before on social media when we were doing kind of our pre-match analysis in multiple posts. We talked about how, one, the Bauk had a lot of attacks generally when they're away. They play deep. They play defensive. A lot of attacks go down the right. Zivkovic, probably the most potent offensive threat on that team. We saw that today. We were worried about the matchup against Kini. So... Seeing what we saw today, should we have forsook another foreigner and kept Ortega in our in the roster for today? Was that a major mistake that led to what we saw today? Um, what what are your what are your opinions, Costa? You start this time. I think there's two different answers to this question. One is I think Jovetic should have started today um that's pure that's just pure gut like what my what my gut says because El Kabi is just limited technically in his ability when when the ball gets to him up front there's very few things he can do he can hold up the ball fairly well but he won't be able to run past the defender or like you know do something skillful to get in a good position to shoot open up his body get a shot off on goal that's something I feel that Jovetic can do much better. He can bring other players into play, um, link up. So if Jovetic had started, Ortega could have played. That's my point. But then you don't have a striker on your bench, right? That's the issue that you have. Um, the other question is, it's not so much about the exclusion of Ortega. It's, it's about what are our options at left back? Because when Ortega doesn't play, your only option is Kinney, but that's because we don't have a frigging clue what's going on with Omar Richards. I've looked into this today. I spoke to some people that told me that Omar Richards has been training the last week. Um, Greek journalists, I won't name names, have been saying he's been training and he's getting ready the last four or five weeks he's not in any under 23 games for the for the second division he's not in any match day squads where is he that he doesn't count as a foreign player he would really help because when Kinney plays if I'm the opponent's manager the first thing I say is we're focusing all our attack down the right down their left that's a massive hole for us. Even, even though he, I think he tried to play a 4-3-3 today to cover that, mm -hmm. to cover the issues that we have with Fortuny starting on the left and having massive frailties defensively on that side, it doesn't change the fact that it makes us an unbalanced team. 
when Kinney plays because we have no width on the left-hand side. Everything goes down the right. So was it a mistake? Yeah, simply put, it was a mistake. But what could he have done better with the options that we have available? Is the answer, you know, so I'm answering your question with another question. In my, but before I let Martial give his opinion on it, my opinion on this was I, and I've taken a lot of flack for this because even when El Kabi was scoring goals, I have still said he's a limited player. He's got a lot of effort, makes a lot of great runs, but I have said that he was a very limited player for a very long time. And I get a lot of flack for that when he scores goals on social media. But my preference today would have been if I had to choose one of the foreigners that we had to sit, it would have been him. And it would have been to keep Jovetic. I would have much rather thrown Masuras up there in a pinch or use Pep BL personally, even though it's probably it probably wouldn't have worked out that much better up there. But for me, that left side what it is it wasn't is a problem. We we've seen Ortega slowly build and slowly get better and better. And for for as much as people worried that he would be a defensive liability, he's no worse a defensive liability than Kini is. My God. Like and we see it over and over again. And I don't I don't put that blame on Kini as a player because he was brought in to be a backup right back, not not a left back. The the problems with left back are are a step up administrative issues. Not, I don't put that necessarily on Kini himself, but the, 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 the problem for me was I, I saw that, that, that issue there outweighed the, the positivity we could get from El Kabi. Do you understand what I, what I'm saying by that? Like, that's how, that's how I saw it. Um, so I would have much rather had Ortega there at left back than El Kabi at the striker. That would have been my trade-off simply because of how these how, how the derbies turn out. Like, and and I see in the comments people talking about uh Bauk's defense and everything. On paper, so far this season, Olympiacos has had the best defense in the league. We have the best defense, period, in the league. The problem was the way Bauk plays in these types of games. We were exactly, we were exactly the type of team that could fall into what, what they do, which is bring you in deep and counter. They're very efficient on it, and they've done it all season. Ari, question. Yeah. Sorry, Marshall. Just on a point you raised. Is it that our defense is the best in the league, or is it that we haven't eaten the opportunities that have been created by the other teams? Because I think back to the Kifisia game, I think back to the Panzeraikos game, I think back to La Mia, and I remember many times they cut us, they cut through us on the on transition easy, but they didn't finish. Pascalakis came up big, they didn't finish well, whatever it was. Tonight they had four five shots on goal, they scored four goals. Right. They they were clinical, they did it tonight. So is it a question of like our defense is okay, good in Greece? I'm curious how that compares to expected goals allowed, actually. I don't know if we've looked at that. So there is. We, we've we looked at it in three situations, right? We've looked, there's three measures that we've looked at to determine this. First one is expected goals allowed, of which if you saw the chart we posted on social media for the audience, 
we had the least overall expected goals allowed. We had the least overall, sorry, not just least overall expected goals allowed, the least expected goals allowed per 90 minutes as well. And another caveat to that is in the XG per shot allowed. That's a measure of relative quality per opportunity created. So there are two other pieces. Despite the fact that our midfield does get carved open and we look at final third entries against, we're actually, we actually do allow a relatively significant number of final third chances. I'll say final third possessions, entries against us based on the other top five teams that we're not so good on. But if you look at the attempts we allow, we're actually quite good at limiting the threatening opportunities overall. So X lowest XGA, lowest expected goals allowed overall, lowest expected goals per 90, lowest XG per shot allowed, which is the relative uh, quality of opportunity overall. So you look at those measures and despite the fact that we can eat it through the middle, especially when we enter into the final third, we've actually done overall a pretty good job of limiting the, 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 the opportunities. And that's why we were, we only had up until this game today. And of course the bot, the Bonathan match, um, uh, we only had allowed two goals in the super league, two goals against that's it. So overall, the, the types of opportunities we allow and where we allow the opportunities, it has actually been very decent. We've actually done very well. And even in Europa League too, guys, remember, we've brought up multiple times. This is a stat that's been stolen by Nikolakopoulos in, in his shows, in his shows that he's done, his articles that he's done. We had one of the best teams in Europa League in terms of XG per shot allowed, in terms of expected goals allowed, right? The types of opportunities that are allowed. That is how you know that a lot of the mistakes that occur are individual mistakes. Because if it was different, if that weren't the case and it was higher, you would expect that those goals be allowed, right? Uh it's not so today was a different story because yes, Bach was carving us up, but that hasn't been the case with a lot of other teams. We don't get carved up and see great goals eaten by us where they're extremely well-worked finishes all the time. You know, look, look at the first goal today. Look at the first goal with Zivkovic. It was a nice strike. But if you look at the position he took the shot in, Baskalaki should have saved that. A bad deflection, it goes into our goal. I guarantee you, when I get the Y Scout data tonight. That will not be considered a big scoring chance at all because of the position that he was in and the situation that that was in. The second goal was a huge mistake by Porozo. That was a penalty, 100%. Terrible. Amateur defending, again, from a center back. And that's just the first two goals. Now, uh, the third goal, um, the third goal, the, uh, that, that was the, uh, the Costa Delias goal, or was that the fourth goal? Am I misremembering? Costa Delias gave the assist for the last one. For the last one. Okay. So the yeah, for me, so the, the the Costa Delias goal was offsides. But whatever. Either way. Next, it was, it was, who cares, man? Like, it was you're a right, nice goal. Right. It was a nice like, goal. Like three it was like well three worked. goals instead of four is different. Like I agree, but right. like at that point, you're just like, okay. Right, exactly. So there was no reaction is, in the second half. And I'm getting ahead of myself now, but there was no yeah. reaction in the second half. You had no, that, you had, you had to have Fortunis do something in the last 10 minutes, which was, by the way, far too frigging late. Of uh, course. Yeah, of and course. He, he was nowhere today. He was well below, below par. He mm -hmm. was well below par. 
but anyway, sorry, Marshall. Yeah, uh, Marshall, go. Uh, we kind of went a little bit off topic. What's your opinion on this whole thing? No, it. What my major concern is not exactly on tonight, but it's on how uh, Martinez will give continuity to both Ortega and Jovetic because it does have to concern player to integrate them into the project because uh, on Ortega, he was uh, both to be the main left back. We saw like Holeg, that was the major sale of the summer. And you, you have to give him back-to-back games. I know that there is the foreigner limitation, uh, but man, it's not up to the left back to be cut out because you, you mentioned the first goal of power, but just look at how useful a left back even if raman is average like a left back playing on his left foot on the left side the the cross he made to to uh to uh, zivkovic is a cross that kinney isn't able to make on the left side because he's a right-footed player mm-hmm. and that's a point we've seen last season playing player out of position and sometimes i'm i'm expecting the club the, the the coach or someone else to take the risk to play a youngster or someone from the B team, I don't know, but at his position, because when you take a look at Pauk's lineup, and if you played a, I don't know, Apostolopoulos on a game like that, the risk isn't that big compared to playing Kinney out of position. Right. Playing Apostolopoulos 30 times over the season is not sustainable because he's probably not good enough to play for the first team. But playing a proper left back as a left-back position, is not that a big risk for me. And it comes back to what Costa said before uh, about the left-back situation, because Richard's move is costing us big time for now. There is some left-back you can find on the market. I'm not even talking about pillows that went to Ike and is not playing. But I don't know. You have like those Masuras kind of move coming straight from a good Greek team. I don't know, maybe Asteras. Pass Janina, I don't know, someone that we played 10 games, 15 games. And yeah, even Vrusa is better at the left back. I just saw the comment and I agree with that. And I, also I agree on, with this too. Kini's yeah. not a good left back at all. And also on Jovetic, because what's the point of signing Jovetic if you don't play him over and over after a good performance? Because the way he's treated looks like the way Martinez handles players like Sol Bakken, uh, even Pep Biel, if I'm not a big, even if I'm not a big fan, you know that they have massive egos and they do not cope well with lacking of playing time. And it's, it's just like a ticking bomb, like just waiting to explode because as soon as you lose game, you're not winning games as like tonight, you can be sure that the locker room situation will, will get more difficult for Martinez. And it's getting difficult for every Olympiacos coach when you don't have results. But continuity for players, to me, it's the key for performances. And maybe on that point, Lucescu knows that. Because the, the way he handles, like, Constantelias, I was expecting him to play. Despotov, I was expecting him to play. Yeah. But I think the, the only uh, key player for Pauk has to be Zivkovic. He's not benched. He won't be ever benched because he's too good for that. But the way Lucescu handled a squad like that, imagine if he had to handle a squad like Olympiacos. Right. Um, I don't yeah, know. you're right. No, That's a really good point. 
Very good points, Marcial. I agree with you 100%. I think, I think we need to clarify a little bit because I see some comments here regarding our defense. Laknus um, Anesti. He's saying, what good what good defense? Every match we're eating goals. The world is laughing um, with the Malaka that's, that we have on the bench. Um, and then Concept, Concept Calcio, uh, even Kukarichka created chances in Karaskaki. Guys, over two legs, Kukarichka, 1.21 XG. Come on. One big scoring chance over two legs. That Every game, uh, like you're never going to, you're almost never going to stop a team from getting a scoring chance on you, right? Like if you goose a team, as we say uh, uh, here, if you if you keep a team to nothing, that's like astonishing defending. But everybody's going to get something. They're going to work a ball against you. It's it's really, it's not reasonable for you to expect you're going to limit a team to nothing over 90 minutes. Come on. Let's be honest here. And and if we're what what goals are we eating in in every game? Like okay, you're Europe, Europe, fine, I get it. In Europe, we're eating goals. We are we are absolutely underperforming what we should be because in Europa League, our our, our expected goals allowed following the game against West Ham is still top seven in Europa League. It was like three almost less than four still, but we've eaten how many goals? Five, six. Um, how many now have we eaten? One. Three, four, six. We've eaten six six goals in Europa League. Um, individual areas. The whole the whole point of of the data that we're giving to you guys. The whole point of this is that the system is sound. The system in place is not a bad system. The system works. What we have a problem with is personnel. It is the players in the system. I'm not saying they're terrible players. I am just saying. Echoing what's been brought up by Martial, echoing what's been brought up by Costa. Even the comments have talked about this. There are some players that we cannot rely on at a top level. We need, regardless of what's going on, Porozo, I think, made us think that we don't need to make a huge move because of what he did against West Ham, and then he played well up until now. But we do. We need a center back. We need 100%. We need to get a top center back to put next to Retzos. And that, you know, because Retzos is Retzos, is Retzos he's not like, amazing but as far as ball playing center backs go he's the best one we've had since Semedo whether that's sad or not is a different story but the point is the system itself is not the problem there are players that are the problem we didn't make the proper transfers there's other reasons behind that that we've talked about we've had you know financial issues and what we could bring versus what we we should bring what we can bring what we will have the resources to bring but we can talk about managerial issues. We can talk about player issues. But the whole point is, overall, until today, the system is fine. The system is working. The goals that we are eating primarily are individual errors. I've outlined this on social media so many times, and I'll do it again. Uh, there's other discussions we can have. We can talk about who brought these personnel. Those are very fair arguments to have. But the fact of the matter is, because all of these metrics are in our favor, it shows that the system functions. That is my point. I want to just come back on that for a second. Because you say the system works. The system for me depends on, or greatly depends, on Santiago Hesse and Madi Camara playing at 110%. It depends on those two players 
pressing in a coordinated manner over 90 minutes for a consecutive uh for consecutive matches over time and what worries me about that is number one Madika Mara for me he's he's a bit he's too inconsistent yeah. for my liking he's too inconsistent over time the second thing about that is that if I look at our squad depth can Madi Kamara and Santiago Hesse do this until the end of April? Play the system? No. Where's Ibora? He disappeared the last three, four weeks. Alexandropoulos is a talented player. He didn't play a lot at Sporting Lisbon. He needs more game time. He's still immature. He runs into places that he shouldn't be running. He spends energy where he shouldn't spend energy. He, he's not tactically astute enough in his positioning and the way he behaves himself on the pitch. is mainly a positioning thing and how he uses his energy for me. But that's a big worry for me because when you look at our expected uh, goals allowed and all those stats that we're talking about, defensive behaviour, it's not just about the defence, you're right, it's, it's the system and the system's working but it only works if those two players i mentioned madika mara and santiago hesse are functioning properly and coordinating their the press someone goes forward someone stays back if it's not one it's the other one it's how they position themselves on the pitch it's not sustainable i really worry about that i really worry about that and as attractive as as like the system is you know, the high press, forcing errors, and then two, three passes, we get in the, the ball into the penalty box and we score. I really worry about that, Ari. If I can jump I on that. Marcia, go ahead. I agree 100%. And I would add, like, Madi is out of contract in June, so he could leave in January. It's not, uh, it's not excluded because it's the last time we can make a fee on him. He might go to the African Cup of Nations, maybe. Is out of plan with Guinea since months, but maybe he could go back. And I agree 100% on the way we handle the midfield uh, summer summer market because Ibora looks to be a failure. Uh, Alexandropoulos is good, but is not ready yet to be a starter. I don't really see in which position it looks to be the best because it reminds me of young Timikas, like he runs everywhere. Is always claiming things, runnings, wasting energy, and it shows sometimes because it, it, it sometimes it needs to be more focused on his game to be more to be smarter, if I can say that. Yeah. And I'm I'm wondering. Uh, the the thing is, when you start to regret player that left, it's a it's a very bad sign because even someone like Buchalakis, as slow as he is, is hasn't been properly replaced with a player then you know that can come in to slow the rhythm a little bit to uh, put his feet on the ball in Greek league for example because I'm not expecting Bukhalakis to be good in Europe and I was expecting that from Ibora including in Europe because you have massive experience like to you know to go in and to commit some falls to some tactical falls if we can say that you know to slow the rhythm and 
the, the, the key point for me is not renewing Envila. The fact that Envila did not accept to renew or the fact that we let Envila go. It's very difficult to replace players like that. No matter what we think about Envila, no matter how many bad game he had before leaving, no matter how old he was, it's always difficult to replace a reliable player. And that's probably was the mistake for me this summer, not only on Envila, but to lose a reliable player that have had a very disappointing season, it's very difficult to replace them. And yeah, same apply for all leg, I would say, but people aren't ready for that yet. Well, the this is this is a really interesting comment from Nasos. Um, and well, regarding Bukalakis, I think the whole point was Ibora was supposed to be that more veteran replacement. Um, um, you know, that was supposed to be the one that comes in, slows it down. Uh, and kind of help also locker room style. Uh, the on Costa's point because Costa's point was a very good point in in my opinion. Um, it's not just Madi and Heze. Also, we we rely on our creativity. We rely on primarily Costa's Fortunis and and Podence. Uh, you know, shout out to Rodine as well. Most of our attacks go down the right. We had at one, I think it was before this match, or was it before the Offy match? Almost a third of our goal contributions this season, or maybe it was higher than that, are coming from Fortunis and Podence. You can trace. Uh, I think it was. I have to look back at the at the post. Forty percent, or uh, or it could have even been higher than that, of our goals are contributed by two players. Very talented players, albeit, but that's that that's another part of it. So that that, is, that is a um, that's what's that, that speaks, I think, to roster depth as well. But uh, you know that that leads to it. If you have four or five players that aren't performing, but then again, you know, a lot of teams kind of have the same issues. Like how many teams have all eleven players firing on all cylinders and contributing? Uh, last I checked, if if I look at if I look at the the overall goal distribution in Greece. This was, of course, before the Offy game. We did have the widest. Sure, we had two players that were contributing to over 40% of our total goals, but we did have the widest distribution of players with a, contrib a contribution to goal. So that also says something as well. Um, anyway. No, I, I agree on... Uh, uh, I just want to, to have something the, about Lucky's Gavala's comment because... I do agree with him. Like, if you're not able to replace Envila, it's worrying. And I agree with that. But I do believe that Envila was also himself exposed last season because the midfield wasn't functioning properly. And we all loved Huang, but Huang wasn't a pure number six. And maybe Envila with Madi and Heze would have been even better, like an old Envila. Not the Hemvila of last season, but the Hemvila when he came, like brought some quality into the midfield uh, to play faster, to play one-touch passes and stuff like that. But we, we also had players under contract that could have been helpful for the club, like Hagibu, for example, even Fadiga, you know. What's Fadiga compared to Carvalho when he comes in? I mean, right. <laughs> it's 
we did not use what we had on the squad last summer because it was a rebuild project, as Costa said. It's a two years project, and I agree with that. But it would have been better not having player that looks to be useless in, I don't know, in uh, in November, and we lacking depth in November. It's it's scary because we do have like 15 offensive players and three midfielders. That's insane when you think about it. Um, question from the chat from again from Nasus Christopoulos about uh, Scandinavian players. Why aren't we looking at them? Why not Olaf Melberg? Um, well, I mean, we have Solbakken, who's a Scandinavian player. That hasn't turned out too well. But also, Gordon, we, we knew that coming into this, Gordon's markets that he's paid, he was very clear about the the markets that he looks into. Um, Gordon cares about, he, know, he understands the Spanish market. He's familiar with the Spanish market. He does look in Argentina. He looks where the deals are. Uh, Cosas Llanos told us about um, uh, Ukraine. He'll look at deals in Ukraine. He cares where the deals are. There's, you know, there's markets where he's gone. This is every sporting director is like that. They're comfortable with different markets. It is what it is. Um, uh, there was another comment I wanted to bring up oh, from Concept Calcio. Uh, if this is a rebuild, we can't expect to fix every position in one window. Having said that, how many Cordon signings have been hit so far? Ese, he's a hit. Ortega, uh, decent. Who, did you say Ortega? Yeah. Even El Cabi has good numbers. Yeah. Like El Cabi has good numbers considering he was a free signing. So I I would say overall, like if we're looking overall at, at El Cabi's contributions, considering that he is a limited player, but a very, a very like good workhorse, I would say that's a hit based on the money spent. Ortega, the more he plays, he seems like a hit to me also. And I just wanted to 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 say something on Ortega because I think we missed something that was important is uh, Leitner injuring his knee yes. last season. Because yes. without that injury, hopefully Leitner makes it to the summer preparation. He's yeah. probably the backup of Oleg. And then it turns out to be the backup of Ortega because Ortega is signed to replace Oleg. But he has a, I think he has a Romanian passport now. Yeah. He yes. would have been playing, or it was. A, it would have been a, a solution from the inside, even if we know that Olympiacos would have been able to sign someone in his position. But maybe, and it's a big maybe, is due to come back probably in January or in December. I don't know exactly. Yeah, it, it could jump on that on that hole that probably would be created because Richard has to leave the club. There is no way that Richard stay over september over january so but those are like small turning points that came to to focus if i can say that i i would even i think that's a great point you just raised um i think it would be a scandal actually borderline scandal if omar richards doesn't leave in january no. this is a player that's i mean i've got absolutely nothing against him but it's a player that's been listed on the UEFA list. Yeah. He's been listed on the UEFA list. It really makes you wonder, like, and Gustavo Scarpa, I mean, when we talk about the job that's been done over the summer, it's not all Cordon. 
I refuse to believe that he has anything to do with Gustavo Scarpa signing Omar Richards, um, Bian Cohen. Come on. But he, he, hasn't got every, he hasn't got everything right either. Right. And that's, that's the way it is. There's no such thing as a, you know, like all the transfers we're going to make, they're going to be successful. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. You can't just give like, and and giving like, there was a great question that was asked to, uh, sorry, Ange Postecoglou ahead of the, ahead of the Tottenham Chelsea game. So like Chelsea have spent a billion, billion euros in transfer fees. Would you like to have the same opportunity? He was like, no, because squad, like that's a headache that I don't want. A squad isn't built with 25 world-class players. A squad is built with 25 players, like you know, a mix of world-class players, experienced players, veteran players, young players breaking through the academy. It was a great answer. He's absolutely right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do we do we really need like Ola Solbakken, Birnic, Gustavo Scarpa, Vrusai, like all no. of those players that we have, like you know, I think that's a really interesting point. And 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 the point you made about Leidner is is great. Um, and I, I do hope that he he's the one that can take the opportunity because he has the passport as yeah. well. And we know that this is a very talented player that, you know, when we did the scout report last year, we were very excited, but never saw it. But well done, Marshall, for raising yeah. that. And you raise another question because for me, the, the biggest miss of Cordon or from the club itself is not knowing how to sign rotation player and the question i have is who's the last good rotation player we we have that is not uh someone with a big name because you know Solbaken could be a good rotation player but he, he isn't a rotation player but you know a rotation player that is not someone like Vrosai, but that came from another club and that's a good question because Bernic on the profile should have been a rotation player. He for me, should have been a rotation player. For, for, for me, that it really pisses me off because, like, I see, I, I see Olympiacos fans raising his name a lot. Like, why isn't he playing? And and a lot of journalists kind of responding, "Oh, really? Like, come on! Like, yes, come on! We invested in him. We bought him. We own him for the next. You know, he's under contract the next four or five years." Gustavo Scarpa looks like he's come over for, you know, a skate tour, like a skateboarding tour in Greece. Doesn't look like a football player. Looks completely disinterested when he's on the touchline. Looks completely disinterested when he's on the pitch. Get rid. And and, and Solbakken, I think, I think he's been mismanaged. I think he's been mismanaged. I think today it's a real big setback for that player and his chances at this club. If you're a manager and you ask an attacking player, go and play left back. No. You know what? It reminds me when Mitchell came in and he said, okay, I want 23, 24 players max. But if I was a co- if I were a coach, I would say, okay, I would, re- I would be willing to come to Olympiacos, but you, re- you reduce the squad to 15 players at max because... Imagine you're Martinez and you have a squad like that. You have the foreigners rule and you have too many players to to decide. It's it's very difficult. Like 
Would you be in that position? Hell no. Well, I mean, what if once Jose gets his Polish passport and Rodine gets his Spanish passport? Portuguese. Portuguese, sorry, Portuguese passport. Thank God he has a Portuguese um, wife. This way. <laughs> it becomes uh it becomes less of uh less of a problem, but yeah, it's uh Leitner is not on loan. Also we own uh, him. On the liner case, let's not forget we throw Kutris on yep. the bin. Yep. We told Kutris, okay, just fuck off to Poland. We're going to play Kinney out of position and we're going to bring Omar Richards on loan. And I'm not saying Kutris is a very good player, but you can you can beat Pauk with Kutris. You can win the league in 2023 with Kutris as a left-back rotation, at least until January. Yeah. We had him under contract during the summer. I'm not mistaken. I think he was gone in January. No, yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. You're I thought right. he you're was right. gone in the winter. Yeah, it, it was yeah. last last summer, last summer of 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, God, there's there's so can, many. Can I comments. can I say something about the defense, like more more broadly, because um, and this kind of ties into the whole broader discussion about recruitment and, and expectation. Don't shoot Barozo. Like, Barozo didn't become a shit player today. Barozo is a, what, 21? 20. 20-year-old 20 defender that played for Troyes in France last year, a team that got relegated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a young, inexperienced... It, it, and it shows. It shows. It today. is a project. It yeah. is a project. And like Freire, for example. Exactly. It's like I still don't like it because it's a loney player that's come in from City Group. Yeah. And I, I really doubt that we're going to keep him at the end of the summer, next season. Um, but it's it tonight. It, it, don't don't shoot him. Is what I'm saying. Like that's oh, I apologize, the kind of Costa. I had that wrong. I, he just turned 23. Okay. Still an inexperienced, relatively inexperienced player that has good physical attributes that we like. He's good in the air. He's a centre-back when you compare to Doi. But he's not the issue for people that are gunning him tonight. He's not the issue. And I'm sorry to say it, but the centre-back issue and the defence issue is not going to be solved by assigning this January. The centre-back issue is not going to be solved by assigning this January. It's not about going into the window in January and saying, oh, is Boateng still available? <gasps> he played for Bayern Munich. He's uh, won the World Cup with Germany. No, that's not what we need to do in January. If it if it's if it's a decision between signing a player like that and signing no player, signing no player is my yeah. is my decision. I agree. 100%. No more has-beens. I'm done. I'm done with the has-beens. So it's not like 
we have to change the, the, the mentality. Like we, we look at Costadelias and and uh, Kulierakis and some of these players and we're like, oh, we'd love to have a player like that. Yeah, but are you ready to support players like that when they make mistakes? Look at like Fed Padzidis when he came back the second time and he missed that goal against Ike. He was gone the next day. Like that. Could you imagine like bringing up, I don't know, um, Costulas from the B team, the, the yeah. 16, 17-year-old sensation that we have now and we play a derby and they put him in in the 75th minute and, you know, Cross comes in from Rodine and it's a tap-in and Costulas misses it. You shit. Uh, I, no. I, <laughs> no, but he has 119 to Boons back anyway. But I agree with what you say. It's It, it depends on the result we have until January. But if we had to go to the Conference League, I would rather go with a Regis squad, even keeping Poroso. And with the team we have... Currently, with Ortega on the left, you could you could do a good run in Conference League and prepare for the summer. Yeah. What we need is using January to play to to prepare for the the summer market. But about of that, I agree with Poroso because he is able to improve. He's young. He did not play that much in his career before. He has good natural qualities. Yeah. But yeah. Oh my goodness. Another positive comment from Lucky's Gavalas. I think the penalty was his only mistake. He had some quick reactions in the first half that put out a couple of chances by Pac. I'd keep playing Porozo. An actual positive comment from Lucky. Well, how about that? I, I agree with him there too, by the way. Um, you know, I I I agree with I agree with everything Costa said. I agree with all of this. Um, you know, he's right now the way the center back pairing has looked, even though it's not amazing that that pairing has looked the best. And I think you have to ride with it, even with the inconsistencies. And then, you know, in, if we can find a, a nice profile in January, maybe offload some of the poor assets that we have, I think, um, you know, but I, we could maybe stabilize a few things, but it's not going to fix everything overnight. The real work will get done in the next window over the summer. Ari, you, you know, as much as we all know that in January, there is no miracle possible Never, yeah, never. Unless the only good thing you can make in January is out of contract South American players like Rodine and like Suazo could have been if we if we signed him at least because the contract ends in December. A part of that, if you don't have a proper scouting department, you will make no good signing in January anyway. Felipe you can Santana only offload players. Know. Yeah. Do you remember Santana? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless um, you bring Masuras, someone like in form from the Super League. Yeah. But from what I see in the Super League currently, there is no really good players to, to sign. Yeah. Well, guys, I, I do want to do a quick pivot here because there's been a ton of comments about this uh, and we really didn't touch on it that much aside from the the, the discussion on goal contributions and in losses, especially a loss like this, I don't think we're going to do a man of the match coaches grade segment. But... Oh, we're definitely doing the coaches grade segment. Okay. Well then we'll do the coaches grade segment, but I did want to touch on this because there's been a lot of comments on the two of, of two of them today in the comment section and a lot of discussion. There's been a lot of discussion, uh, more polarizing about um, these two players. Uh, at least for, for this season. Uh, 
And we are, since we are going on about an hour, guys, don't forget while we're while we're at it, while we're chatting. A lot of you have passed through. A lot of you are listening right now. Don't forget to hit that like button. Um, how many likes do we have so far on the stream? I don't have the the control room open, but uh, I think I we have more people. Probably not enough. Yeah, whatever the case is, I know that over 500 people have passed through, but I'm pretty sure we only got like a couple, a few dozen likes here. So quickly take a couple seconds, hit that like button, help us find even more red and white fans, help us continue to find more people, more red, white community. The bigger this gets, the bigger Libyakos gets. That's our goal is to expand Libyakos, the influence of Libyakos and our fan community outside of Greece expand it to the whole world. And don't forget to check out Patreon. We do a lot of great interviews. Uh, we brought up earlier the fact that we uh, interviewed Despina Panagulias, the daughter of the legend uh, Panagulias. Despina is a huge Libyakos fan. She brings up in the interview that Libyakos is family to her. So go check that out. Check us out on uh, Patreon. But going back to this segment, because I think this is a very important segment to discuss because this has been a topic all season so far. Podence and Fortunis, as we brought up, have a, a huge chunk. They have contributed to almost half of our goals, we'll say, right? But we, we do have to recognize that they do not, they don't do the defensive duties. Fortunis, at least, um, has even been brought up, even though I think he's improved this season compared to last season. He doesn't track back or he doesn't he doesn't track back and defend as much as 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 other players do. And maybe that impacts the system, the pressing system. But regardless of what the truth of that matter is, I'll get into whether or not people overblow that. But regardless of that, even if he doesn't, even if Podence and Fortunis don't defend, even if that's the truth, can we afford to drop them? Can we afford to drop them from the 11? Can you afford to leave out the two players that are contributing to almost half the goals you're scoring because they don't do the defensive work that others do, like Masuras, like El Kabi in the press? We'll get to the truth of that, but can you afford to drop them? No. Martial? My answer is clear, and it's a no because... We've seen like every time that, that Martinez tried to sub them off during a game, both of them, we ended up like, I think it was in Topola, if I'm not mistaken, uh, yeah. when he subbed, subbed them off those two. And the, we, we can't afford to sub Fortunis and Podense. Maybe I would, if I had to choose one of those two, it's Podense that has to go off because he can be... Uh, to uh, individual sometime and is not probably not able to do what Fortunis did on the last minute of the game tonight. You know, that saving one goal with a shot and stuff like that. But it's up to Martinez to find a way to press Fortunis and Podense during Greek game, during smaller Greek games. And that's the way, that's the, the, we have to improve on that. Like he has to rotate when you play Kifisia in Karaiskakis, when you play Pasianina, Panatolikos, and stuff like that. But on big games, they have to play 90 minutes. And I've I, I, I've told that like many times, the five subs rule is something, it's much more a poison gift for coaches like than a gift, because 
Martinez will always make those five subs. And sometimes it will throw Scarpa, it will throw Cavallo, and it doesn't make any sense to me. Costa. About taking them off. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, they're, they're, they're clearly the two biggest contributors in terms of goal and assists, like creativity. It's a question of how do you... <laughs> we already have, mate. Uh, so please yeah. ask Jole Bas for a Mitroglu interview. Um, it's really about how do you create a good balance in the team so that you let Pedence and Fortunas do what they do best. And I think... I think that against West Ham, when we had a proper balance with Ortega and Rodine on the wings, it really showed in terms of how Fortunis was free on the pitch. We had a like good like press in midfield, like players that can run, players with stamina, and it let Fortun it, un it unleashed Fortunis. And then like Ortega, Ortega for me, the last two games have, has been a, re a revelation because. When he started getting game time, early on, looking at him, I wasn't sure about him. So I'm not sure what I see here. But the last two games, you see aggression. You see like a strong player. It reminds me of a pit bull on the pitch. And that's important. That's important when you've got a player like Fortunis that's starting the game on the left, cutting in a lot and you know has a free role, essentially. You can do that. I think, when you have a player like Ortega on the pitch. Um, so th there's no question, like, when it comes to this. The, um, the, the question is, yeah, of course, what do you do? What do you do when they're, when you need to take them off? Like, when they're tired, when you need to rotate them? And uh, we alluded to it already in the show. Scarpa, zero goals, zero assists since he, since he turned up. Same for Sol Barkin. Yeah, yeah, and, and same for Sol Barkin. Yeah. Albeit maybe a bit more positive than Scarpa has been. So so you're left with you're left with Masuras, who has scored goals again. Including scoring goals tonight. this season. Yeah, yeah. Again. Scored again tonight. L let me flip the question a little bit and, and contextualize it to tonight. You know what? I, I think I think the coach made a mistake tonight, among many. One of the mistakes that he made tonight was the formation. I think you've got to go out with your with your 4-2-3-1 at home against Balk. You know how they play. What and, and hindsight's 2020, sure. But what did Alexandropoulos give today? Was he looking for a, a man to give extra press? Masuras can't do that. That's a big question. And it's easy to ask that question after the game. Right. But it's relevant to the question that we're asking here as well. I'm, I'm seeing some comments about formation. And to your point, hindsight is 2020. I don't think we can fault the coach for running a 4-3-3 today when all we talked about after the West Ham game, all everybody talked about was this is the formation we have to do with derbies because the 4-2-3-1 looked terrible. The 4-2-3-1, the makeshift 4-4-2, 4-2-4, whatever you want to call it, 
that didn't work. It didn't look good early on against Ike. It didn't look good early on against Jonathan Icos. 4-3-3 looked great against West Ham. So everybody said, this is the formation we stick with. So I don't think, I don't think we can necessarily say anything negative towards Martinez for choosing to go 4-3-3 because it, it worked. It looked good against West Ham. I think it was very fair to do use it here. So there, there were points. There was a point from, I think it was Lakis Gavalas that said it, but now I can't find the comment about only playing one at a time, uh, either Fortunis or Podence. And my worry with that is some of the goals that we've seen are a product of interplay between the two and Rodine. So how much do you think you lose if you're only playing one of them at a time? Because then you lose the outlet, the, the interplay between each other. Can you, can you realistically not play the two together? Because you see them playing so well together. Part of the, the best offensive things that we see from this team, it's Rodine, Fortuny, and, and Podence. Can you afford not to play the two together? Can you afford to separate them? In Europe, I don't, absolutely not. In no, Europe, you, absolutely yeah. not. Because you see nothing when either one leaves the pitch. So, I don't know. Uh, the, the, the project for me that Martinez has to figure out, the, the really big thing that he needs to figure out is, what can you do when you, when you have to take those two off? Because Fortuny especially maybe can't always play 90 minutes. He just looks dead by the times the game is done. That's fine. That's fair. He's getting older. Podence should be in better shape, should be able to play a full 90. Yeah. I'm not going to speak too much on that, but we really have to figure out what the solution is creatively, offensively, when those two can't play. Can we yeah, talk because... about this? Go yeah. ahead. Bring it up. Did did he just become fifth option today? <laughs> Six million last like summer. It. Six million last summer, and he's he didn't even come on today. Masuras came on. So you got Fortunis, Podense, Masuras, Sobakin, Scarpa. Hey, sixth choice. Yeah. Sixth choice for the six million euro signing last summer. Right. Didn't come on today. Pep Biel, we're talking about for audio listeners. Yeah, and it, it did not come on. On the pre previous game, apart from the one, uh, what was in Crete? I think he came in in Crete. He came uh, on at the end, yeah. And he had a he he fluffed an opportunity to score at the end. Oh yeah, it's uh, yeah. On Scarpa, I remember exactly. I think he was a starter against Kukarici during Cardiff years, and we were in Kalamata with Lambros, and I told him like, just look how lost he is on the pitch because he was throwing shots with the left foot out of nowhere yeah but i i knew he wasn't going to make it because he was so far outside from the team project the the, the team itself like his mind is elsewhere we know that south american players sometimes they don't adapt to the european football and i do believe scarpa is straight out from the 90s and he will probably go back in January in Brazil and will rock some goals because it, I think I do believe he, be, he belongs to Brazilian football only. 
mate uh, i don't i don't know what's worse like henry on your dying his hair green after a after a loss like the one against Ludogorets or Gustavo Scarpa posting skateboard shit on his Instagram. Like, and, and the answer to that is kind of clear, actually. It's clearly on Yukuru, but yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of the same. It's like, what? It's like, what are you doing? The reaction is the same. It's like, what are you doing, mate? Yeah. It's like, you're dyeing your hair green and the other guy is just like posting like he's a professional skateboarder making movies. Like, are you a skateboarding professional or you're a football professional? And it's just another thing that shows that his mind and it isn't there. He doesn't want to be in Greece. Doesn't want to be there. And if he does go back to Brazil, like I wish him all the best. I really do. But yeah. I don't think we're ever going to see the best out of this player, unfortunately. No. No. I mean, at least he has a better fashion sense than Pep Biel does. Pep Biel looks like he was lost in time from the 90s. Sorry, Pep, if you're listening. <laughs> but but more back on the Pep Biel comment, um, Pep Biel is one of the most wasteful players this season in Greece when it comes to number of opportunities and, and lack of conversion. He has two goals and four assists this season. Uh, two goals and four assists, and I think he's played about 13 matches, which overall, okay, six goal contributions and 13 appearances isn't awful. It's not it's not bad. It's, you know, for a player that you don't pay $6 million for, it's pretty decent. But the here's where the more remarkable thing is. He has two goals on almost 40 shots with, with an XG of over four. Pep. That's... Pep Hell. That is a player that could have easily at least six, seven goals already. And he has the most big scoring chances per 90 minutes that we've seen of a player this season for Libyakos. That includes Fortuny. That includes everybody. He is one of the most wasteful players this season that we've had. And this is also part of the problem last season. Like Pep, Pep Biel had a lot of, he, he actually like his production was better than people gave him credit for, but he also had a lot of opportunities. He had almost as many opportunities scoring as El Arabi did when El Arabi was playing, if we look at per 90. So that's one of the really big issues with Pepio. He's just been extremely wasteful. It's not that he hasn't had chances. He gets opportunities. He gets plenty of them. He's very, very wasteful. And maybe that's the reason he's down in the pecking order. You can't rely on him to convert. You know, I mean, it's, it's interesting because he's almost – or like, you know, not counting what we've seen, not counting what we've seen at um, like how he works with the ball. But on paper, when you look at what he's done and how he's converted, right, he's basically another Masuras. If he doesn't score, he offers you nothing. If he doesn't give you the end product, he offers you nothing. Talent-wise, we know he's more talented than that. We, I mean, he's a more talented ball player than Masuras is. But with what you see statistically, it's very similar to Masuras. If he doesn't score, he offers you nothing. He doesn't offer anything else. Also, I do believe over a season, Biel is more than useful to win the league. Of course. 
because uh, the the thing that I don't like is that Solbaken and Scarpa will play over him in Greek, yeah. in games like in Crete, for example. Those are the game a six million players have to start. If he has to compete with Fortunis and Podense, that's logic because Fortunis is the captain, is the leader. And Podense, we all know the quality he has. But Biel, has, he shouldn't be competing with Scarpa and Solbaken. And that's that's the main issue because it's how you create issue in the locker room out of nowhere when you have player, when you when you when you do too many loans, too many loans anyway. It's difficult to bring a project with that. Marcel, I'm sorry, I, I'm not I'm not like. That my reaction has nothing to do with what you said. Uh, I'm looking at this comment, and I'm, I'm. Oh wow! I'm, I'm, um, I, I'm, I'm like catching up on comments. I'm so behind on like what Chad is writing right now. But I just came across this. I have no idea. It looks like it was posted actually a long time ago. Um, but um. Uh, so for audio listeners, the, uh, Adis Pan is saying last season's squad was so, so much better. It's not even funny. I wish we had him Vila and Cisse Ba right now. Also, El Kabi is a huge downgrade from Bakambu. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the Christos says and Vasalika. <laughs> Do you know okay. what? Like, but... Like answering Irish Pan's comment, it's all about context, right? Yeah. It's like Marshall mentioned it earlier. And Villa in this team with Heze and Madikamara looks better. Not on a two and a half euro, not on a two and a half million euro contract. Yeah. Because he was on a big contract. But I'm sure they could have. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. No, but that's a mystery. Like, how is it possible for Olympiacos not to renew and for him not to accept the offer and to be to be clubless in November? I don't get it. It wasn't uh, burnt, like far from it. I think that speaks more to maybe the, the player's uh, image of self-worth. Does that make sense? Maybe, I to me it sounds like he wants more than anybody's willing to give him. Yeah, it was That's probably my only waiting for the for that Saudi Arabian offer. Right. So I don't know, um, but I, I, I'm sorry. There's there's no way you can tell me last season's Olympiacos was better than this season. I I understand like the I guess the aspects of what he's talking about like. But no, uh, I, not even, not even. It's about we had James Rodriguez, we had Marcelo. Like, yeah, no, sorry, no, but no, like, sorry. And, and, no, sorry, no, sorry. I'm sorry, I don't want Ba. I don't want Ba back. I'm done with that. I'm done with. I'm done with those red cards. Like, I, I, I'm done with that. That's a foregone conclusion. The Cisse thing, like we've talked about that so much, but I'm not. I'm not getting into that. But he no. hasn't played in Turkey, by the way. Yeah. Unlike Ba, that is doing pretty good in Turkey. Didn't get a red card in his first appearance, too. <laughs> yeah, but he got. Yeah, yeah, but he bounced back from that. He did. I'm not about to look him up and find more red cards. I think right? it was. It will probably be be signed with by the Turkish club, like mid-table Turkish club, which is decent but not top. I agree. 
Okay. What, what, what's Bot now? Like 28, 20, 26, 27, 28? Doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't think he's coming back. But can can I just say something about Pep Biel? Yeah. A closing remark on Pep Biel. Because there was a comment earlier in the chat and it was about confidence. Like, I think he's a confidence player, yeah? Like many that play up front. You need, you need the goals. You need to feel important. You need the manager to put an arm around you every now and again. I think he's that kind of player. And again, this is a player coming from, from Copenhagen where he was the man. He was the guy at Copenhagen. He comes into Olympiakos on a, on a big money signing, thinking he's going to be the man. And then they sign James Rodriguez like five days later and they have 10 players that can play number 10 or second striker, whatever you want to call it. And now all of a sudden, like, you know, he's he's competing against two loanee players that aren't going to be here next summer. Next like, January even. Yeah, the, the man management there, the the club's management of the player, of the investment. Yeah, and in the end, we're going to lose him. He's probably going to go on loan to Mallorca in January, and you know. Yeah, and then we're going to be saying like, you know, next next uh, this time next year, Pep Biel scored ten goals in La Liga or something. And we're going to be like, oh, what the hell happened? I agree, but also this man management starts from lower ranked players like uh, Gibu, for example, the way we treat players like that. But the fans, for most of them, like they say, okay, Agibu is shit, he's not a winger, Martinez play, Martins played him too much and stuff like that. But the, man's man, the man management is the same. And what applies from, for uh, Kamara Agibu applies from Biel, for Biel later and will apply to as a player. And it creates bad, bad mood, bad, bad energy. And it's very difficult to, to have them focused on the project unless BL is able to, to, uh, to have a, a magical night in West Ham, for example, that we probably put him above Solbaken and Scarpa. I hope that, but I'm not sure. Uh, all I know is that I think we've pretty much analyzed the ins and outs of every part of the situation and this match today. Yeah. Uh, going on about an hour and 20 minutes. Um, you know, uh, look, all we can say is that that last comment kind of brought it full, full circle for me from Yoros Muzanos, the reminiscing and wishing we had Huang in this midfield. Now we're kind of going all over the place, but look, it, it's it's a bad day, disappointing day at the office. So I have a lot of season left, a lot of things to go. Nobody's getting fired. I have an important game to look ahead to, to Thursday. If we get any kind of result in England, this whole thing gets forgotten about. So let's... Who's coming to London? Oh, that's right. Costa's going to be there. Yeah, that's right. We, there's a few. We got a lot of DMs about people going to, to the game. A lot of people asking about getting tickets for the away end. Guys, if you're not part of a fan club, you are not getting tickets in the away end. I'm just going to just put that out there for now. We get so many DMs about tickets for these away matches. So if you are listening to this show and you had a question about the tickets, maybe we need to bring it up more. There you go, Costa. ASDF Come for hello. 
rolling his face on the keyboard is coming to the game. So, um, but yeah, you have to be part of a fan club to get tickets in like where the Olympiacos fans are in these away ends. Um, so that's the, that's the situation there. Anyway, anyway. So uh, that's, did you guys have anything else you wanted to bring up uh, before we go ahead and close this thing up? I think we've done as much as we can tonight. Maybe, maybe we are over overanalyzing some bits, but I think we've, um, we've dotted the I's and crossed the T's yeah. on most things. Well, in that case, well, Martial, anything else you want to get off your chest before we go? I just, I would just finish by saying that we've seen Fortunis having a goal and an assist, and we've seen Constantelias having a wonderful assist. Both of them do not start for the national team of Greece. Oh, here we go again. I didn't, I'm not Let even going to that discussion with Poy yet. Oh, wait. Gosta, no, I did say you wanted to do this, the coach. It's, it's, yeah, man. No, on the national team thing, it's, it's, it's also sometimes something we, we've seen with Olympiacos. You have to build from the best player you have, and then you, yeah. you choose the rest of the team. And this applies both for Olympiacos and Ethniki, in my opinion, but much more for Ethniki than Olympiacos, to be honest. Coach is great, boys. Costa, you start. How did how is it possible that we've been speaking for almost an hour and a half and nobody has said anything about Martinez taking Kinney off and putting Sol Buck in at left back? Yeah. We have talked about no, it. No, no, I don't think we did. I don't think we did, the three of us. How is that fucking possible? I don't know. Like, he's got he's got Versailles on the bench, even. It's not like, because I was thinking when he made the sub, oh, he doesn't have another left back. <laughs> but it still doesn't justify the decision. You keep him on. But he had Versailles on the bench as well. And you can't say, oh, I didn't put him on because he's left-footed. It's like, no, but neither's Kinney. So, but... It just an absolute a shocker tonight from the manager. You, you talk about today's game as being um, a slap in the face. It's not a slap in the face. It's a fucking punch in the face today. It really is. Yeah. We we said already. It's not. It's not the end of the world. Like don't panic. It's a competitive league this year. Like t you know, I dropped points the other day. Panathinaikos uh, could have could have and should have dropped points against Lamia. Playoffs are going to be interesting. The playoffs don't end before they've started like they used to. There's still a lot of football to be played. So today's a punch in the face. It makes me think like the manager looked legit dizzy on the touchline. Yeah. So how many oh, times what? did he do this? Yeah, <laughs> how many times did he it's do like. And the, the like, the subs he makes are just not working, and it's the, yeah. the choices like Scarpa and Solbakken over uh, even a Biel, a, a Brinich, those kinds of questions. So, it's, mate, tonight, honestly, if it was possible to give him a G, no, I don't need to say any more. Like absolute failure tonight absolute failure that yeah. the the substitution with kinney 
the decision to play with with three men in midfield in a home game. No, everyone knew, everyone knew that Costa Delias wasn't starting or that Despodov would likely be on the bench and that they would look to shut up shop. So go out and get on the front foot. That's what you do at Garay Skaggy. So no, complete failure tonight. And I and I'm I'm being harsh. I'm being harsh on the manager. I'm not saying he's shit, get rid of him, etc. Absolutely not. But he's failed tonight. And he needs like he he owned up to it. He said in his post-match statement in the presser, he's the first to take responsibility when we lose and the last one to take credit when we win. Fair dues. But I worry tonight that some of the players, mentally, he's lost them tonight. And it's starting to show possibly that some players he's already lost. That worries me. Let's see on Thursday. Tomorrow's a new day. And it's a different competition. West Ham are coming off um, a bad run. Hope we can continue that for them and hope we can turn things around on Thursday. Marcial, coach is great. Well, I agree 100% with Costa. Poor choices, poor serves. That's a that's a an E for me. And I will just say that Costa said exactly what what I think, what, what I'm thinking. So no need to say to say it again. Is this a conversation we need to have? Changing our our grading system from a number from letters to numbers. This isn't the first time we've gotten comments like that. I'm just curious. Yeah, it's a conversation we need to have in the future. Nick, are you in the English education system? I swear, are you doing baccalaureate now or what? <laughs> I think there's a choice now, but still it was um, it was A to F and then we had one to five for effort. Yeah. Marshall, oh, I, um, I used to get A4 for French. So like A in terms of my, my ability – but four in terms of my effort, which was almost the worst. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, side story. <laughs> um, as, uh, so as for my grade, I'm not, I don't necessarily fault Martinez for, for starting 4-3-3 because that was, I, had a, I knew that was going to happen because of, of the success at West Ham. So I'm not going to fault him for, for starting a 4-3-3 when that's what we all talked about. But what, what I am going to fault him for, again, are his changes, which have been, for most of the season, he's been a really poor game manager. I think we can say the majority of the games, especially the big games, we start off well, we end terribly, almost all the time. Every Europa League game has been that way. Even West Ham, even West Ham, we, where we almost copped the draw out of that. Although I think his changes in that case were actually okay. But um, it's uh, it's the, the, the man management was poor. So even though I think he started the game, I was fine with how he started the game. Maybe the, my one issue was the Ortega thing. I, I would have I would not have kept El Cabi for the five foreigners. I would have started Ortega, but that's just me. Other than that, I was okay with how he started, but it's just how it's just the changes that were made and the I I hated that Sobakin sub for for fullback and I thought we just started to lose it and it, sometimes it seems like we just when we start 
taking goals. The mentality is poor. So that being said, I still give him an F. But that's uh, that's where I'm at. So it sounds like it's Fs all the way around. Uh, I, I just want to add something because you said something interesting. And we, we do not focus enough when we, when we talk about a coach on the ability to read games during the games, like the subs. Yeah. Because when you when you see people speaking about a coach nowadays, and not only on Martinez, they always speak about the tactics, the way he has his team playing. But no one or like few people really speaks about how he reads game, the changes is made is making during the game and how it affects good and bad the game. And I think Martinez is a good coach overall, but is struggling right now with the in-game changes because he's he has a squad that is the best squad he ever had in his life. And it's very difficult for him to handle that. Both the egos, the status, the loanies, the newcomers, the Greek players, the foreigners. And he's struggling with that. And I don't know how he will handle that. I cannot predict the future. But the, the sure thing is that it's very, it's very difficult for a lot of coaches to get through that. Gustav, you had a ticket clarification? Yeah, so just about people that are asking about West Ham tickets, there's a comment from Southpaw says, so if I don't want to be part of a club, so fan club, I can't watch a game. Right. With regards to West Ham tickets, if you live in Greece, you could go um, the last couple of days to the ticket booths and you could purchase tickets for the away game. The requirement is that you have a fan card. You need it to buy tickets for any home game. Fan card costs 10 euros or 50 euros. And you need to have proof that you found a hotel and that you're flying to London. Those are the requirements for buying a ticket if you wanted to go to the, the ticket booth stand at Karaiskaki. That's how you can buy a ticket if you're in Greece. If you live abroad, it's a little bit more complicated. Most of the time, the way you can get a ticket is if you sign up to one of the, the local fan clubs uh, of Gate 7. So that's either London, Brussels, um, Frankfurt, Munich. Uh, there's one in Sweden. There are others. Switzerland. Switzerland. Um, that's your best bet because those are the ones that get tickets for those games. If you're a season ticket holder, if you're a season ticket holder and you live outside Greece, that's also, you can you can get a ticket that way as well if you contact the club promptly. But demand is really, really high, guys. And we're not getting the 10% the that we should get, which is 6,000 tickets for West Ham. I think we're getting around three or three and a half thousand tickets for the game. If you have any, if anyone else has questions about tickets, contact us on our DMs. We'll get back to you. Um, but guys, actually, as far as I know, tickets are gone. Yeah. Tickets for the game are gone. So we only got, yeah, we didn't get that many and they go fast. They go really fast. Um, anyway, guys, uh, it's been a long one, hour and a half, been a long show. A lot of people coming through. Uh, thank you guys for listening, especially those of you that made it this far. A uh, huge shout out because I don't think we actually made the shout out. I just put somebody's comment up. Uh, thank you for reminding us, uh, Yoros Mudzanos. Um, huge shout out to Cosas Fortunis who overtook 
uh, Georgievich for uh, most assists in uh, history for Libyakos. So um, Kosas Fortunis is the the most assi- the highest assister in Libyakos history. Costa uh, was ninety. He's got ninety six now. I believe you had said in our in our WhatsApp chat. Yeah, is that correct? So ninety six overall. So uh, incredible achievement by Cosas Fortunis. Uh, legendary. We love it. Uh, something positive to take from um, the disaster of a scenario today. But thank you again, guys, for listening. This is Gate Seven International by the fans for the fans. Fun stuff is coming, boys and girls. Be on the lookout. Merch is coming very soon. Oh, and look what's coming at the very end. Um, uh, comment here. Thank you so much for the donation. Theo Magnatis. Thanks, guys. Win in London this week. Theo, thank you so much for the contribution, my friend. Uh, just in time, all of your contributions go towards making this show bigger and better, improving the content we give you. Uh, I'll give you guys that last bit before we sign off. That's You've noticed maybe some... Out of the Magnatis existing in my book. <laughs> 100 percent 100 percent so thank you guys again um like i said the donations you give us we just put back into the show you may have noticed on social media a lot of things have changed regarding our graphics we're always improving finding out how we can improve so thank you again for that keep a lookout merch is coming couple of weeks we should have something watch socials watch the space uh guys uh this is gate seven international and we'll see you guys maybe midweek See you in London. Got the money, you got-